Hello, welcome to the World Cafe Podcast. This podcast has been designed with curated content that centers on the power of words. Can we really do anything without speaking? Can we really do anything without the agency of words? Yes, that is what this podcast is all about. And I am your host, Amakri Isobwe, your neighborhood word trader. I believe in the power of words, for it is the unit of creation. I trade in words to profit my world. Hello there. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good everything, wherever you are. Yes, on the globe at this moment, listening to me. How are you all doing? Beautiful, beautiful. I know you're having a swell time. Yes, we're back again into the studio of the World Cafe Live Show. I'm super excited. You know why? This is the first recording of the second year or beginning of the second year of the World Cafe. We just celebrated about 365 days. Uh, Yes. And today marks a new beginning for us here on the World Cafe Live Show. I am super excited. And I'm beginning this bit of the, uh, should I say, side of the pro, uh, the, 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 the show with something interesting. Yes, you're wondering, what are we going to be talking about today? Energy transition. And I have someone I consider, should I say, an expert in this field, so that we're going to talk and have a swell time. Yes, I know you're wondering, where is this person? He's around. You know how we do it. His name is Adrian Mason, an expert in the energy sector, particularly oil and gas. Yes, we're going to be spending that, you know, time and talking and getting to like, you know, know ourselves. You want to see him? I want to see him too. I'm going to bring him on now. Yes. Hi, Adrian. Uh, Macri, hi. Lovely to speak with you. How are you? I'm okay. And you? I'm wonderfully well. Thank you for All inviting right. what, me on your it show. Like, was it like at your end? Was the weather like? What's happening? Uh, it's a beautiful sunny day in London today. It's Whoa. crisp, but, mm. but fine weather, um, which is uh, an improvement from the storms that we've had recently. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. You're welcome to the show. I know this is your first time here and it's like, mm, what is it going to be like? Uh, don't worry, it's going to be fun. But before we kickstart, you know, uh, questioning and all whatnot, who is Adrian Merson? L- let's get to know him. Let's get to meet you, your background and all that. It's a question I ask myself on a daily basis. Who is Adrian yeah. Mason? Um, I've worked in uh, the energy sector for all of my career. I tell you um, where I started. I um, actually uh, read chemistry at university a long, long time ago um, when, when my hair was uh, even longer than it is now. And uh, I managed to uh, secure a role in one of the laboratories at a, a small company called Shell, Shell Research. So that's where I um, started in the energy sector. Um, and to be honest, I've always had a fascination and uh, a passion for the mm-hmm. oil and gas sector. It, it really underpins everything in this world, doesn't it? Energy and, and, and access to, to power. Um, and so my journey has taken me through a number of organizations, both large and small, seeing all aspects 
of the industry. Um, and now I work with an organization, Global Data, that allows me to, to reach out to a wide audience and, and try to educate and make it a little bit more interesting what's going on in these turbulent times. And that's how you and I have connected uh, in the big wide world yeah. um, out there. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, you, you, can, you can imagine you've been as in, in this sector all your life. So you've moved from one level to the other. You've seen the different, uh, should I say, sides and complexity of the mm-hmm. industry. Now, there's a buzzword in the last, uh, what I say, 20, let me put it at 20 years, but more recently we've been coming across the word energy transition, energy transition, and we have a lot of transitions going on out there. So, I mean, what is energy transition all about? That's a very good question. Energy transition is, it's actually a vision. It's actually a pathway to the future where we are heading towards net zero, reducing our carbon emissions from historically what was the oil and gas sector. So you can imagine that um, for over a hundred years, economies have been based on hydrocarbons being taken from the ground. And now people are becoming more and more concerned and, and interested in low carbon solutions. What can we use that is sustainable? What can we use that is renewable and lessen our reliance on traditional oil and gas? And so there's a pathway, there's a global pathway that's being um, led for us to get to a point where there are no longer carbon emissions coming from the power sector net zero by 2050 is that pathway and the energy transition is seen as how we move from a hydrocarbon oil and gas based power sector to one that's using um, much more renewable energies and that is what the energy transition is all right now take for example uh the common man who walks on the street hears us talking about energy transition and he's like okay you've talked about what in a nutshell what energy transition is all about how do we begin the process where do we start from and like drawing should i say a map okay we begin from point a to point b point b tells us the level of progress we have made okay fine we can now take it up to maybe point d e f and all the way so how do we start all of this process as in concerning energy transition i think firstly um it comes down to education and understanding people need to be aware everybody has seen the impact of climate change everybody understands what pollution and environmentalism actually means and so people need to become concerned people need to take positive actions themselves and 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 realize that they want to use energy providers and forms of transport that are using low carbon and, uh, and renewable energy now, I, I'm not demonizing oil, uh, the oil industry at all. It, it's been my bread and butter and, and, and yours. And we, we know that it provides a lot of uh, um, incredibly important um, aspects um, and provisions around the world. 
but we are on a journey uh, and that journey needs to start now um, once people become motivated and, uh, and educated about the choices then that's how we're going to actually get towards our goals it, it, it always it always you know any kind of change always be, begins from that point of discussion educating ourselves and this has been a major challenge around the world getting people just like I said you're not demonizing the oil and gas now but you know we need to come to that place of understanding oh this is what the impact is on the environment and is a chain reaction it hits one point and that domino effect and it just goes on and on you know now from your point of view how can we get that education going that uh, again it's a, a a very important question um but i think there lies a, a large responsibility on the huge oil and gas companies the multinational international oil companies um to pass down that message so we've talked about the likes of shell and bp and uh, and exxon mobil they need to take charge um and drive this energy transition okay they are the organizations that have profited from the oil sector and they need to um begin this process and uh, and educate the the public as well i think from a government perspective any kinds of subsidies and grants that allow people to easily take use and, and make benefit of things like solar power um and grants for uh, bio power as well i think these are all very very important steps to get into people's consciousness that there are other solutions than simply using gas or coal or oil um for their heat and uh, um power generation awesome now the energy transition discussion as in renewables and all that when you look at it in a broad sense you see that there are two sides to it what do i mean by two sides to it in terms of who wants it and who is it going to as in better at the end of the day the west and uh you talking about Europe and the US and all that you see that messaging going on so strong but when you flip the coin come to Africa uh, it's not that strong because we are still looking at uh prospecting you know oil and gas and what have you so how how do we bring those two bodies to that platform to see that okay it's a win-win situation we need to work together more or less like partners not in crime but in progress. Oh you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Africa has seen some of the largest discoveries uh of both oil and gas um reserves in in the last 20 years. It is without question it's the continent that has uh the most untapped reserves of of anywhere in the world and I do feel that it is the responsibility and uh, and right of um the Euro- the european and western nations to be able to bring those reserves to the to the front and and help the development of, of africa without any question um there is no shortage uh, of money and investment to assist in the energy transition there's no shortage of money and there's also um so many uh untapped reserves that we should be able to look at 
and cleanly bringing to the front as well, particularly those gas reserves, um, for instance, that have recently been found in Namibia and, and South Africa as well. So there's no reason that we can't do that. And once these projects have come to development, then that should mean that more money and resource um, is, is filtering down into the countries and, and the local um, communities. And then that will allow the process of adding renewable energy into the mix as well um, to allow this process to begin. Um, I'm a firm believer that that should, should be the case. All right. Now, in the recent, should I say, one, two weeks, we've had a, a little, I want to call it a little bit of crisis. We've had this major crisis, you know, in Europe, Russia, Ukraine uh, issue. Do you think this issue in any way has put, should I say, a setback on the energy transition process in any way? Well, well, certainly it's shifted the focus of attention, um, but I don't think it's derailed the process. So, so let me explain what I, I mean by that. Um, so, for instance, Germany was reliant to up to 40% of its gas imports from Russia. So suddenly the, the prospect of seeing that go to zero um, within a few weeks or months has opened up much more concern about energy security rather than necessarily um, moving towards an energy transition. So, for instance, in the UK, um, it was, there was an immediate call by the government and the chancellor to, to open up production on a number of gas fields in the North Sea, primarily to retain energy security. Now, as part of that security, putting more and more renewables into the mix will allow people to lower their reliance on importing gas from, for instance, Russia, but anywhere from the Middle East or Australia or anywhere in the world. So thinking about it in that sense, we've shifted the um, narrative slightly, but still increasing the power generation from renewable and sustainable sources um, will allow us to meet that end goal in both ways. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels? Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts or find us on Instagram at Happy Writer Podcast. Last week, we saw the oil price hit about, I think, 130 per barrel. And all of a sudden, we, we just had this ripple effect globally on uh, price on so many items and all that. Do you see that as in being sustainable at that price, or we see the price come? I mean, coming down also to affect uh, commodity pricing all over. 
the um, shock that people are feeling from not just the energy sector and, and their heating bills, but also commodities and, and the lack of certain metals and minerals into the into the market has been profound. Um, and let me assure you, everybody is feeling that. Everybody is talking about that. Um, the recent uh, flip, shall we say, the recent um, increase in in the oil price of approximately 40%. No, that's not sustainable. But over the course of the last 18 months, you've seen it rise from around $30 a barrel to where we are now, which is touching 100. And unfortunately, I see that being the, the case for the not too distant future. I actually think it will rise steadily in the immediate term. If you look at oil prices um, historically, um, they go through um, periods of correction, shall we say, and then periods of sustained growth over the course of three, four, five years. So we're in the middle of another one of those cycles, um, yeah. it appears. So unfortunately, the, the higher oil prices are probably here to stay for a little while longer. A while longer, like from your professional standpoint, for put it in, in months, in years, for how long? Uh, I would say at least for the rest of the year. I, um, again, um, very difficult to make long-term predictions, but in mm -hmm. 2022, I see it remaining over $100. Over $100. So yeah. now, what, what do we do to cushion this effect? Because somehow it is affecting, like you and I know globally, uh, commodity pricing and others. What do we really do, you know, maybe from government point of view or the oil and gas or the energy policy makers and all that. What do we really do to bring about a little bit of respite? This is, again, a really interesting and fascinating topic because when we look at global um, power demand um, for the future out to 2050, um, yeah. it's expected that the world is looking to, to double their power demand and consumption within that time period. So we're looking at generating twice as much electricity. So a lot of the conversations are always based around, well, we need new sources of energy, different types, um, more renewables, etc., etc. Not a lot of the conversation is actually based around reducing energy consumption and how we can spend less um, on electricity, be less reliant on, for instance, air conditioning, heating, etc., etc. So yeah. I think the conversation and education, which we talked about earlier, which is a really key point, I think education um, and awareness within the, the, the public sphere about yeah. reducing energy consumption may allow us to, to help in this difficult time for, for heating and, uh, and energy bills. You know, I was I was looking at uh, the 20, 20, 20, 21, up until say January of twenty twenty two, when uh, the style of working, you know, basically we all moved working from home, and when you look at the statistics of uh, energy consumption and what have you, there was this fall, so to say, because were more at home the city centers where where you have a lot of business activities going on came to a halt so to say but somehow governments 
are beginning to like push for people to go back uh, to that office space. Do you think this will, should I say, have a negative impact on the energy transition discussion? It's a good. It's a good question. I think when people are. Um, not commuting for instance I work in London um, and there was a drastic change in the amount of people traveling into the center of the town uh, a drastic change in in the number of establishments that were open people have connected so much more to outside spaces in into working environments that do not include um, the um, busy city office life um, it's definitely making people more aware there were so many stories weren't there about how um, wildlife and, and carbon emissions and effectively the world was trying to regenerate itself when we gave ourselves a bit of a break um, from the endless commute and I think that's resonated with a, a lot of people so hopefully this again will align people to think about what is their overall energy use how can I be more sustainable and more green in in my approach um, to, to life in general beautiful all right so what, what is adrian up to looking at your your activities you know and all that what's your next project what are you up to say in the next one month two months the next future no i i've been thinking a, a lot about how you and i connected for instance so yeah you know i i have been blessed to be able to reach an audience of my followers on linkedin and, and i write every single day about what's happening in the markets and 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 i want to expand that as well and i've been thinking about um what voices there are out there what stories what what um experience that i can gather from my connections um to make really more uh, important more interesting posts for for my guys and uh, and articles you know um every single day every single week i get uh, messages from people around the globe saying adrian i really enjoy what you've put out thanks for doing that that was very informative i i want to reach those people um in the best way that i can so i'm open to advice and and take it from the master someone like yourself to be able to to connect um, I think, I think to my audience can, yeah i think you can begin you can begin maybe a podcast or a blog on energy you know how it affects uh would i use the word the poetic side of energy you know there's something i came to discover reading about shakespeare and uh, how he helped me make rather the English language one a force to be reckoned with. And how did he do that? You know, started a, a theater. You know, he just speaks those random words that, you know, are spoken in the courts and what have you. And he brings them into the theater where people gather and he begins to like act them out with his crew and gradually somehow the language started permeating into every strata so i think the poetic side of the energy transition because when you talk about energy transition generally people consider it to be a boring subject like what is that but they don't know that that boring subject holds so much potential about their future so bringing the poetic side to it i think will drive people to want to know 
more and you know relate with the subject better. Just 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 my my, my thinking in that direction. I, I think from your standpoint with the data, the amount of data you have and knowledge in that subject, definitely you'll be uh, an authority for anybody to listen to and bring in that poetic side to it. I agree. The, uh, the human element, being able to connect to what people are doing in their daily lives, I think exactly. will um, might be able to take us to the next level. I thank you. I will credit you for, for that when, when we welcome. get that going. <laughs> Guys, we have been talking with Adrian Mason. I mean, soft-spoken guy, but y- y- you will agree with me. He's been like taking us through that journey about energy transition and what we should be doing and expecting in the nearest future you know all right adrian is very busy i just have one or two more questions for him and we will let him go now the russia ukraine issue how if the issue is not resolved should i say in the nearest uh, future like maybe one two weeks how will that impact on the energy sector globally that there's already been repercussions for sure um what it's uh what it's initially done uh, is again focus people's attention on their energy security but also it's given opportunity for some of the opec and opec plus countries to switch the taps on and produce more hydrocarbons um, on a on a daily basis to try and fill in the gap, but also it's making um, governments and countries think about well, where do we actually get our energy from? Where can we actually um, bring in or import uh, enough fuel um, to keep our power stations going? So it's very very important, I think, that uh, you know th- this this issue is resolved as quickly as as possible everybody is hoping that um because there's going to be huge knock-on effects not just for the oil and gas market but for all of the other industries that it affects things like fertilizer commodities even the metals and minerals market there's going to be big implications to that as well okay my last question before i let you go the millennials you know, from your standpoint, what has it been like embracing the energy transition discussion? Are they really interested? Are they, should I say, open to what the opportunities within that uh, space? What I would say, what it, what is refreshing is that the um, the younger generation have been brought up, surrounded by wind energy solar farms they talk about hydrogen they talk about renewables as something that that's part of their uh, their cause um, climate change is something that they are focused and interested on and, and would always move to and gravitate towards that part of the energy sector they do feel a little bit um that the oil and gas industry is a bit like myself, a, a little bit um, older, maybe a bit past it, um, and they want to focus on what's upcoming. Yeah, so I do believe that the the future is in good hands with that generation, and and a lot of technological developments will be seen in the next um, three to five years that will allow us to to meet our targets for for twenty thirty and beyond. 
beautiful. All right, Mason, thank you so, so much for giving us this time, you know, to, you know, shine some light, you know, on this topic. I am so, so grateful. Before I let you go, what is that? Would I say central thought that has been with you and you want to see it progressed? And then, I mean, within the couple of weeks, months? Um, all I would like to say as a, as a wrap up is that um, energy and energy transition, it's just like life in general. We have to embrace all different forms of energy. We have to embrace the mix and together we move forward and, uh, and make sure everybody, um, everybody has access to, to everything that they need for the best life. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. Guys, I need to let Adrian go at this point, but I want to say a very big thank you to Adrian and you listening out there. You know how we do it on the show. We always come in to, you know, lean on one and other and, you know, lean and glean from our experiences to, like, make progress all around us. I want to say a very big thank you because this is the first, what I say, episode on the second year beginning of the second year of the world cafe live show and absolutely i'm glad having adrian for us to begin this part of the show on energy transition thank you so so much till we come your way again my 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 name is amakri amakri isoboye and you know how we say it on the show thank you bye for now Oh, yeah, beautiful. Before we sign off, I just want to encourage you. Yeah, it's been a wonderful time. And also, I'd like to hear from you, your feedback. You know, you've been listening to the World Cafe podcast. I would love to hear from you, the feedback. If you have any questions, yeah, you go ahead and ask those questions you can reach me at my email address amakri garibaldi at gmail.com amakri is a-m-a-c-h-r-o-e-g-a-r-i-b-a-l-d-i at gmail.com yeah and uh, we'll get back you know how we do it on the show thank you Part for time it has been with you on the World Cafe podcast today. Thank you for being there. You can catch me up on my social media handles Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, all at Amakri Isoboye. Also, you can get copies of my books, A Cocktail of Words, The Color of Words, and my HR notebook on Amazon and on Robin Heights online bookstores. You can also subscribe to my YouTube page at the same address. Yes, till we see you again. Bye for now.